I have ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims. The office is called Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by special interests. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. That, of course, was President Donald Trump speaking last night before a joint session of Congress. Trump stuck to his written speech for a change, and it wasn't quite as dark and combative as many of his campaign and rally speeches were. But as you heard from that line, he is still on the idea that uh, there is a menace in this country being perpetrated by those who immigrate to this country. Uh, we have reached out to several members of Congress to talk to us this morning about uh, the president's speech last night. We've reached out to both Democrats and Republicans. None of the Republicans we asked to join us were able to join us or didn't want to, uh, but we did get two Democrats who said they were willing to talk about it. And the first is Representative Dan Keldy, Democrat, representing Michigan's 5th District. Dan, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks Thank you for so being much. Here. Absolutely. Uh, so quickly, let's get your reaction to this voice program that we just heard the president announcing last night. There is something about the way he talks about immigrants and immigration in this country that, I mean, it's beyond obsessive. Uh, but but he certainly seems to think that a lot of the problems that we see in this country are somehow related to immigration, and the numbers don't always back him up. And but he remains sort of engaged on this on this issue and on this level. This is yet another new turn in uh, what he says he needs to do to keep Americans safe. What's your reaction to? Well, it? I mean, he exploits fear. This has been his method from the very beginning, and he puts people in a position where it's difficult to prove a negative, but the facts get in the way of his narrative, and facts are funny things. They don't go away. It is not true that immigrants represent a disproportionate number of perpetrators of crime. It is true that immigrants represent a disproportionate disproportionate number of victims of crime. Right. They're far more likely to be victimized and exploited. So why didn't President Trump initiate an office to support those who are trying to prevent the victimization of these vulnerable peoples who have come to this country seeking shelter, seeking asylum, seeking the opportunity that he proclaims as being so important to the American persona? It is because he knows that there are fearful people who want to find some scapegoat, some other that they can blame for their fears and for their anxieties. Leaders don't pander to those fears. Donald Trump has made a basically a political career out of the otherization of immigrants, and it is very concerning. Yeah. 
Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Representative Dan Keldy, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 5th District in Washington. We're talking about Donald Trump's address to a joint session of Congress last night. He talked a lot about immigration. He talked a lot about health care. He talked some about the economy and trade. Uh, what did you think of what the president said? Specifically, what did you think about his idea for a special force, I guess, to deal with uh, people who are victims of crimes committed by immigrants in this country. Uh, is the is the president trying to whip up nativist fears uh, in this country and take advantage of them in order to get oppressive policies passed? Uh, or do you feel like the president is just trying to keep Americans safe? Are you in favor of the things that he's doing? What did you think of the speech overall? What did you think of the tone that the president struck last night? Very different from what we have seen from him since he's been in the Oval Office and, of course, before. Uh, was this an act? Was this uh, someone sort of cabining his instincts and that we will see this going forward? Or is this just uh, an act uh, that, that we'll see one time and he'll be back to his old self? Today, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. will work your comments into the conversation. What did you think? What did you come away with from the speech that uh, Donald Trump gave last night? Uh, uh, Dan, I want to ask you about the tone. I thought, uh, you know, this was a much different Donald Trump than we have become accustomed to seeing or hearing from. Uh, but it, w it was mostly a tone shift. It was not necessarily a shift in substance. I mean, he was still saying many of the same things he has been saying. Maybe he's saying it a little nicer now. Yeah, there was no uh, substantial change in, in the sort of ideology other than it, it aligned, I think, much more with Republican orthodoxy than some past speeches. But I think the tonal uh, difference was probably the most significant. I think one of the problems that we have um, in terms of dealing with this president is that the expectations are so dramatically low for this man that if he can stand up and read a speech, which is what he did last night, somebody else wrote it, he read it, mm -hmm. uh, just like he could read a line when he's you know, doing his game show, um, he stuck to the script. And when you have an expectation that is so low that he actually receives praise for not offending, calling names, using language that is outside norms for common decency, uh, just think about that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a speech that is receiving some praise, not for what it was, but for what it was not. And that's a pretty low standard. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar, it. right? If you lower the bar low, uh, enough, anybody can clear it, right? Right. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you about his specific proposals on the Affordable Care Act, which we had not heard him uh, detail the way he did uh, last night. And there were a lot of people who doubted that he even had a plan. Uh, but, but it does seem as though he's putting some things together or at least lining them up to try to get Congress to alter 
the Affordable Care Act, I think a fair assessment of what he's talking about is an alteration of what we have. It's not a repeal uh, in in explicit terms. There were lots of things uh, that he talked about last night that really were just tweaks to the things that we're already doing. But but I'm curious of what your reaction was to, yeah. uh, to those ideas. I certainly would not call what he articulated a plan. He articulated some principles that he and the Republicans in Congress are going to have a very hard time uh, knitting together into a coherent plan. I do find it interesting, though, for example, in, in, in that he articulated a couple of things. One, that there will be no ban on pre-existing conditions, that anyone with a pre-existing condition will be able to get health care. Yes. Of course, there's two unanswered questions. One, at what price? If you have diabetes, if you have multiple sclerosis, you can buy health care now. You just have to pay a price that is so exorbitant that it's really not insurance. It's, it's just basically paying for all your care. That's not what the Affordable Care Act is intended to do. It's intended to allow for people with disease to be able to access affordable care, number one. But secondly, it's kind of interesting. He made a point about being able to get access to care using tax credit um, financing for those individuals who might qualify for help. That's what the Affordable Care Act does. The so-called subsidies that everybody refers to comes in the form of a tax credit, a refundable tax credit that is applied at the point in time that an individual enrolls. So in some ways, what he described, without um, acknowledging it, are a couple of principles that are consistent with the Affordable Care Act. But to say that he put together or, or articulated a plan, I think, falls pretty well short. He hasn't done that. He's simply saying the things that he's hearing from people that they want to maintain. I think ultimately that may end up meaning that we end up sort of tweaking the, the ACA. But he can't have it both ways. He can't say how horrible it is and then describe it when describing his plan. Right, right. Uh, let's go uh, to the phones here. Lots of people uh, have their own takes on the president's speech. Let's go to Jeff in Northville. Jeff, welcome How to you doing? Detroit I, Today. Uh, hey, go ahead. I agree uh, with Rob Kennedy, Kelsey, I'm sorry, that uh, the good uh, president, actually, he, he started at the beginning, went to the middle, and finished at the end last night. He didn't ramble in circles like he is prone to do, but he was actually talking about, uh, with the health care being one of the big issues, that they're going to need some regulation, which is the big sin for the Republicans. You don't regulate anything. Right. Um, you know, if you want to control pharmaceutical costs, you got to go to the pharmaceutical companies and tell them that the CEOs quit making $60 million a year and then charging thousands and thousands of dollars per pill. You know, we don't need that. The cost of making the pill uh, is, is not it. That, and I don't think we need to try and uh, rebuild a military that's going to try and rule the world. Yeah. So so were you overall optimistic about what the president said last night, Jeff? Or or just sort of you're, you're not sure? And the how is the, the big onus of all this. you got to tell us how it's going to get done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for the call, uh, John, uh, Representative Kildee, before I let you go. H- how the things he said in his speech translate into actual policy is one of the big questions. So far, this is not a president who's shown a lot of interest in sending things over to Congress or ideas to, to form into legislation. He's tried to rule pretty much by executive order. Do you feel like his speech last night was a signal that he is going to engage a little more with the Congress on these things? It's, it's hard to say because, you know, what he reads in a speech written by somebody else and what he actually does as president could be two completely different things. The, the problem with the speech is that he exceeded expectations. And as your caller just said, there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. It looked like it had some form to it. He, you know, by most accounts, people thought he was more presidential than he has been in the past, which, again, a pretty low bar when you go from being semi-presidential uh, from, uh, to, to being semi-presidential from being essentially um, a circus clown, which he's been. But the, the problem is the, the policy initiatives that he um, that he spoke of are incoherent. I'll give you an example. He proposes the largest buildup in military spending in basically recent history at the expense of our domestic agenda. He says that somehow we're going to have affordable health care. But when you cut, which he has to do, he has a math problem. When you cut support for medical research around diabetes, around Alzheimer's, around disease, that ends up not only creating lots of human suffering, but also is the principal source of the exploding cost of health care, the failure to cure these diseases. You can't have it both ways. You sure. can't say that people are going to have access to health care that's affordable and then dismantle the one area of promise that gives the greatest hope to reduce health care costs, and that is to crack the code on, say, diabetes and Alzheimer's. We're that close. He's going to defund research into those two important areas that are not only important to the quality of life for Americans, but would bend the cost curve on health care. He cannot have it both ways. Yeah, and so and he uh, wants to. Yeah, and you've got to sort of reconcile those things if you want to get legislation passed. Okay, uh, Representative Dan Kildee, Michigan's 5th District, as always, thanks for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. We'll talk to you soon. All right, up next, uh, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell of Michigan's 12th District will join us to give her reactions to Donald Trump's speech, and we'll keep taking your phone calls about it. 313-577-1019 is the number. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. We are talking about President Donald Trump's uh, speech to a joint session of Congress last night, his first such speech. A very different Donald Trump we saw last night. A more presidential Donald Trump is what a lot of the coverage today is 
describing him as. Uh, he said a lot of things about health care. He said some things about immigration. He talked about the economy, trade, those kinds of issues. And he talked about them in terms, in tones at least, that were a little more muted than the things that he has said before. Joining us now to talk about her reaction to the speech is Representative Debbie Dingell, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 12th district. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? uh, Very good. Uh, Let me know uh, up front uh, what your reaction was to the the president's speech. Uh, It was a very different. It was a very different uh, Donald Trump than we are when we have become accustomed to seeing. Well, I'm certainly glad whenever I hear him not uh, demonizing somebody or trying to divide us with fear or hatred. But my concerns remain on. Uh, a number of the issues that I care about deeply. One, the Affordable Care Act, where we hear Republicans say that we want to make sure that people with pre-existing condition still have access to insurance. Yet when I go into the briefing preparing for markup, I'm told by the experts that people will not, many people that currently have insurance will not be able to continue uh, with insurance at pre-existing conditions because the drafts out there say you have to have continuous coverage. They're looking at setting up high-risk pools. The cost wouldn't double or triple. It would multi-fold by 10 or 20 times, and people would not be able to afford it. There are things in there that it could be canceled. So for me, I don't believe that discussion of the Affordable Care Act should be political. I think it's about real people, real lives, people who need medical care and are scared to death. But the devil is in the details, and it is making sure that whatever passes ensures that somebody who has insurance can continue to go to the doctor and get the same care that they're doing. Right, and you're someone who has talked uh, over the last six years uh, a lot about the need to be able to go back and talk rationally about how to tweak the Affordable Care Act. No one said that it was perfect when it was passed. We just haven't politically been able to get to the space where we can actually negotiate what what should change and and what shouldn't. I also want to get your reaction to what the president said about immigration and this new idea to create, uh, I guess, a task force or a special force to deal with victims of crimes committed by immigrants. It's really an odd, to me, uh, 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 almost an odd linguistic uh, gymnastic that he's turning there. Uh, the idea that there are, is a menace afoot uh, of immigrants committing crimes against uh, <clears throat> against people who are not immigrants. Uh, tell me how that how that landed on your ears. So I was uh, I don't know the word the adjective. I don't know how I feel about anything anymore because I I don't like demonizing people. I'm very disturbed by the way we're trying to divide this country. Uh, so when he said almost, or gave some, we need comprehensive immigration reform. I welcome those words. What would be even better is to see action, because that is what we need in this country, comprehensive immigration reform. We are a nation of laws. Our national security is singularly the most important thing we have to protect, but we have a very broken immigration system. I don't understand what he meant by this office. I'm worried about the victims of all violent crime. But there are far more violent crimes done in this country by um, Americans or who we, you know, we call Americans. Look at how many shootings occur in Chicago. Uh, So I'm I I obviously need to hear 
more information, but it doesn't, I just don't understand it. I think it's highlighted to try to uh, create a sense of concern that more is happening or uh, immigrants are a danger, whereas most immigrants aren't a danger. And again, I go back to when we talk about national security, when we talk about terrorist activity, there has not been a single person from the seven countries that have been targeted that has conducted a terrorist act in this country in the last 40 years. And the name Michigan is regrettably, unfortunately, horribly, um, one of the worst events that happened in this country, Michigan militia, which was young men out of Michigan. Sure. We need to take violent crime on wherever it is. Well, you know, he, he did talk, uh, he did mention in his speech last night about the, the, the people in Kansas who attacked uh, the Indian uh, couple, I think, who who uh, who shouted some racial slurs, but but the difference is that he didn't characterize that as terrorism. I mean, he doesn't characterize those kinds of incidents as in the same context as these others. And you think about uh, the, the the frequency with which we see that kind of thing happening. Not that not that it doesn't happen in the reverse, but but it. it uh, the language is always different surrounding those two. And that's part of, I, I feel like that's part of the problem, but I also feel like that's part of the plan from this president. What I think we need to do in this country is to treat all violent crime the same. We need to treat hate crimes of anybody targeted at anyone the same way. And I'm very disturbed, like many others are, about increased violence, increased hate crimes. Uh, uh, you know, we're seeing it against Jewish organizations, Jewish schools, Jewish congregations, Muslim congregations, Indian congregations. We, we can't divide this country with fear and hate. Our strength comes in being united, and we have to fight hatred in every community that someone is trying to create it in. Yeah. Okay, Debbie Dingle, Michigan representative of the 12th district here in the state of Michigan. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Drevethan. And our associate producers are Addie and Aaron. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.